Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Connect Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Senior Product Manager Nihir Patel. You know him from many previous episodes of the Connects podcast where he's discussed topics that range from new RTI product releases to even measuring performance metrics of Connects DDS. He's really our Connects podcast advocate slash champion, and we're happy to have him. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. So the topic for today is safety, specifically safety in regards to Connects DDS in automotive platforms for autonomous vehicles. So that's safety markets, the level of safety within those markets, and even safety certification. It seems a little overwhelming. It, and, it, and it is. <laughs> um, but we're going to break it down into digestible bites and um, actually find out what the term safety means in this industry and uh, why it's so crucial for autonomous vehicle development. But before we dive into the deep end of the technical swimming pool, I'd like to inch our way in through the shallow end, you know, sort of get acclimated, feel the water. That's a good idea. Um, as you know, the deep end can be a very complex and technical place. <laughs> so I just want to start off by asking you what it's like uh, being a part of this market revolution and more specifically being a part of the safety aspect of what will one day become a reliable network of autonomous vehicles out on the road. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, absolutely incredibly exciting time for the industry, for RTI. A lot of this is, is really transformational, right? For individuals' lives, for, for us as a company, uh, we're doing a lot of really cool things. But, uh, you know, we think about like these, these huge transformations, the, the in invention and, and rollout of the internet. You know, I remember the time before the internet, uh, maybe I'm dating myself there, but, you know, it's, it's huge, right? The, the how far we've advanced in, you know, 30, 40 years, um, cell phone technology, right? I mean, yeah, I had, I had the flip phone. I had, I had the brick back in, back in the nineties. And, and now it's just so ubiquitous, right? Self-driving cars. Right now, you know, we, we think of automotive as, as we get in a car, we drive ourselves, we drive our loved ones, and we are inherently responsible for our own safety. But now with self-driving cars, we are relinquishing that to technology. So it's, it's really, really humbling to think that, you know, the software that RTI puts out, the, the vehicles that our customers are going to roll out, uh, all are really addressing how to keep people safe as this kind of new world unfolds. So like I said before, let's take it slow and begin by doing some defining. In terms of the automotive markets that RTI is involved in, what does the word safety mean beyond the traditional definition? Yeah, so um, very good question, very tough question. Safety is a very layered, complex term. You know, at uh, at the high level, really, what it amounts to is the the protection and the appreciation, sanctity of human life, uh, the appreciation and protection of uh, of property and and property that belongs to to people. Really trying to, yeah, keep them safe, right? To 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 prevent harm from 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 befalling uh, people we care for. In many cases, though, when we build things, we may not know who our end user is. At RTI, we develop software that our customers then roll into vehicles, and they may know better who the individuals are that are using their 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 vehicles. But you know, how do we do the right thing to 
ensure that end user safety. So, you know, fundamentally, and, and this is if you if you get into the, the safety culture, especially for automotive, but really for for any industry that has uh, something uh, to the likeness of a safety standard or certification uh, process, there's a this is this amounts to a culture. It's a mindset, um, especially when we're trying to innovate quickly and, and build new things. How do we take the time to think about you know, what is the implication of writing this line of code? What are the possible upsides, but what are the possible downsides? And it's really hard to, to, to get out of that, you know, development environment and think about something that really amounts to a really philosophical topic, right? Is that's, that's human life. Right. And that's actually a really good segue because the next question I was going to ask you is, what RTI is doing with respect to safety yeah. on, on RTI side. What's the goal that RTI's efforts are reaching for? Yeah. And okay. So RTI's made no secret of, of the work we're doing in safety. We, uh, you know, on the avionics side, we have, um, you know, developed safety evidence with, with our partner Vericell and, uh, we've incorporated into, uh, safety critical systems for avionics. There's a lot of parallels now on the automotive side, right? And that is uh, largely defined, at least as far as you know, RTI is, is pursuing at this time in the ISO 26262 uh, safety specification. Uh, there are uh, there is another uh, specification called SODIF, um, and that's the uh, safety of intended functionality that our customers are are using heavily, and that we we try to support at least starting with the ISO two six two six two software uh, software safety specification. So what are we doing um, more specifically? We are taking our DDS implementation, so data distribution services, our our core uh, foundation of our product, uh, taking our um, Connects DDS through safety certification according to the ISO 26262 standard to ACIL-D. So that's the automotive safety integrity level, which is you know, what level of safety do, do we achieve? What level of risk are we mitigating? And we're, we're pursuing the highest level of, of risk mitigation there. So the highest level of safety. I think it's interesting. You mentioned this just a minute ago that RCI, we're making the software and then we hand it over to our customers yeah. who then are doing, you know, a number of different things. RTI certainly has a good idea of what safety means. We have to build that into our software. Is it just as important for our customers to know what safety is and, um, Where's the best resources they could go to actually understand yeah. and make sure they're on the same, uh, they're looking eye to eye. Yeah, no, this is, this is great, right? This is, brings up a really great point, which is safety is, is a community effort, right? We have a good idea of safety for our software. Uh, but then when it comes to putting like an OEM putting together a vehicle, they have to be the safety experts for that. And we help fit our software into their, their vehicle. So the great thing about RTI is we have this services organization that really knows how to architect from a, a data model perspective, how to architect these, these mission critical systems and, and as a, an extension, safety critical systems based on our software. But there's also the electronics, the hardware, the, the mechanical aspects of safety. So it really becomes a community effort. So an OEM, a, a tier one supplier with their vendors work together with industry safety experts. And, and there are experts that know safety inside and out. They dedicate their lives to this. So leaning on them heavily, right, is, is what everyone should, should strive for. 
Now, uh, you know, this isn't um, any kind of endorsement. I don't want to endorse any uh, uh, particular uh, service vendor, but a couple couple folks we happen to, to know, right? So um, every, first of all, every customer uh, listening to this should really look at who can provide them the best level of service. There's there's a business aspect of, of cost there that they have to consider. Uh, and actually, maybe I'll make a point on on the business side again, if we have a chance. And and just how you, how you gel with that service provider because you need to be able to have a, a solid relationship so you can focus on the safety aspects. So uh, there are companies like LHP, Myra, Exida. All these are services companies. There are others, uh, and I and uh, these are the ones that I'm personally familiar with. Uh, we work with a company called Vericell. Uh, mentioned them before earlier in this podcast that uh, they helped us with the avionics side. They have a, a certified process and they're working with us in the same way we did avionics to get us to help us get to uh, the ACLD certification for automotive. Who do you think needs to have the highest level of safety knowledge when it comes to that customer side? Is it the developers or is it maybe people on the business side or is it both? Uh, yeah, so so the short answer is everyone, right? right? This, you know, I mentioned culture, everyone. So... Uh, you know the customers we've talked to. They they train everybody who comes in to different degrees. Certainly, right? You know we have uh, the concept of like an ops department, right? Operational to keep the company going. Uh, they they get some level of safety training, right? And they at least get to uh, get the insights into what safety means, right? Maybe it's at the level that you and I are talking today. But then you go on, you know, into to R and D. If you're working on the software, you need to know the safety processes for your product inside and out, so that you're following it, uh, running how to run the tools. Maybe it's a you know static code analysis, or maybe it's a test suite, right? A test harness, uh, some traceability. There's a there's a huge level of, of of training there, and it goes throughout, right? The the whole management tra- uh, whole management chain needs to have this appreciation for safety, right? There has to be this cultural appreciation for safety. Otherwise, uh, you know, there could be some blind spots and it's, well, maybe pun intended there, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's uh, really trying to make sure that safety is one of the top considerations for, for putting out a product the way you would think about just general quality or usability, right? Safety is... Uh, maybe an extension of quality, but really it is its own its own aspect. And there are organizations, right? So do, companies have organizations dedicated just to safety, and that goes above and beyond quality. We talk a lot about the different aspects of safety. Start off talking about the philosophical aspects. You know, what is it? What it? What should it be? All the way to the ethics, and you know, how, what is this going to look like? And even the business side. Yeah. Uh, but one aspect, one big aspect that RTI focuses on, and what, one that we're trying to solve is the technology perspective. Yeah. Um, can you talk about how that's done? How RTI is solving that? Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll, before I get there, let me take one more step back and just kind of break down safety in, in my mind. Um, you know, based on my experience in working uh, at, at other companies that uh, do safety work, and then of course at RTI, there's there's one aspect which is just making sure software does what it's supposed to do, and that we're communicating to our customers that you know how to use the software in the right way. So that's one part of it. But then. There's this idea of like functional safety and, and is the software, does the software have features to help ensure safety, 
right? From, from potential errors, you know, errors that, that are outside of the control of the developer, for example. So that's, uh, that's important too. And then all this comes together, uh, on the business side to, again, uh, or maybe the ethical side, we talked about protecting human life, but even on the business side, there's, uh, there's a consideration that's not mutually exclusive from, from appreciating human life, but that is appreciating the, uh, the risk to the business and the liability. So it's important to, to keep all those in mind. And, and these are all again, layers of, of safety. And now we're getting kind of to the more technical layer about what RTI is doing. Um, and, and this does not by any means preclude what other companies, uh, other suppliers have to do for, um, for safety. So what we're doing, we're taking our software through, through safety certification, but the way our software is used, and maybe this is really more the point, um, that we want to discuss here is, at the end of the day, we have to go through the same types of processes, right? The ISO 26262 standard lays out the, the types of work that needs to be done. Um, so that doesn't really differ from other companies, right? How we do it exactly might, might differ, the different tools, things like that. But the way our software would be used is to help uh, with communications, right, uh, within the vehicle. That's fundamentally, that's what data distribution service does within distributed systems is help disparate machines or applications talk to each other effectively, help isolate applications so that there's flexibility in uh, making updates uh, at a lower cost, um, really driving efficiency in uh, the, those data flows and, and meeting, of course, meeting performance requirements. Now, okay, safety. In, in the vehicle, um, you may have communication uh, networks, but to safety certify those networks can be really expensive. Uh, so, what some folks do is they they go down this path of of implementing or treating their their networks like a black channel. So black channel is uh, anything between two nodes, two computers, two applications. We treat it as unsafe, which it's not safe, right? We're gonna we're gonna put some data out there. How do we make sure that that data when we receive it is good to use? How do we make sure we receive it in a timely manner? How do we know if it's not going to come or if it's coming later? So with, uh, and, and inherently in, um, in, in the RTPS protocol, which is that, that core protocol within uh, DDS and kind of foundation of Connect is a number of, um, number of pieces of information like the sequence number, for example, and, and the way that sequence number is treated when we receive data, right? So let me actually pause there because I'm getting really excited about a lot of the, the technical details, but let me back up and, and talk a little bit about the errors that uh, could arise, right? Sure. So if you think about this, this, this packet that goes across, right, that, that data packet could get corrupted, right? It could come out of sequence, right? Because we have a message that we break up and then we, we ship it over the network. Now, when it gets routed, sometimes uh, the receiver will get information out of order and has to put it back in order. Right. Um, it could be possible that that information is just delayed. It could be possible that someone inserts some information in an attempt to spoof data or to cause some sort of uh, denial of service. Right. Mm. Uh, and that's where security comes in to make safety, um, you know, well, security comes in to help bolster that safety story. Right? As you think, again, these are autonomous vehicles, they're connected. They are susceptible to attacks the way your laptop or your phone is. Right? So, with with things like the RTPS 
message, uh, the protocol and, and the information that's contained in the header, the way the RTPS packet is managed based on the spec, right? This is how it's defined in the specification. So it's nothing that any one of our, our customers, our audience could check themselves. In addition to some things like some sort of integrity check, like a CRC, right? These are things that are on the functional side that allow customers to use our software and, and protect against those communication errors that nobody would have control over because it's just not deterministic or it's not, you know, financially viable to certify that network. So sorry, that was, that was a lot. Um, but, but it's, uh, again, it's really, really exciting that, you know, just inherently the RTPS protocol can, can solve a lot of these problems. No, it's, it's really interesting. And, and yeah, this, the notion of safety certification isn't anything new. You do safety for avionics as well. Mm-hmm. And we had this conversation earlier about, you know, any commercial plane that's running right now, you know, say from San Jose to Phoenix right. has software in it that had to have been tested. Right. This is not anything new. You know, there are safety certifications and there yeah. is testing that needs to happen, but now we're doing it for vehicles on the ground. Right. And this is kind of a new thing. Can yes. you talk about how those are sort of the same, those two processes? Yeah, yeah. So again, right, it goes back to, hey, it's it's protect human life, right? I mean, yeah. um, so one of the big differences is for avionics, the volumes of, of these vehicles going out are very low, right? And autom- autom- uh, sorry, automotive volumes are very high. So making sure we, you know, address them appropriately, uh, accordingly is, is important. Uh, the good thing is that... Uh, Fundamentally, a lot of the processes are very similar. You know, it's write requirements, trace it to design documents, trace it to, you know, test code, uh, sorry, your, your, your software code, and then trace it back up through test cases and, uh, test code and, you know, to the test results and, and have that level of, of visibility that, hey, we've tested everything. We've tested all execution pads in the software. We have no, you know, dead code. We have no, software that could behave differently in different scenarios without, you know, an intentional input. So a lot of the similarities there. Um, now, some of the differences, very nuanced, um, really come down to how the software is delivered. With avionics, it's you got to know down to the exact piece of hardware and, and you have to show it to a regulator, right? So you have to prove to regulation uh, regulators that your software is safe. It does exactly what it needs to do. But really, that's all in the context of, as you mentioned, like that plane, right? It has to be part of that full system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we can't certify our software. We can help our customers certify their system, right? Uh, automotive, um, we have uh, more flexibility because we can certify to a particular architecture. And as long as we provide uh, some sort of analysis, do some sort of hazard analysis, uh, make sure we know what the possible ramifications are of using software that was tested on one platform on a particular architecture may may change. What are the implications if we move to a different piece of hardware with the same architecture? Uh, things like that. Really, again, it's it's fundamentally every decision we make, any change we make from a very known state, we've done the right level of analysis to, to see what the implications are and whether those are acceptable or if, if we need to go and, and do another level of testing, for example. I have one last question for you uh, before you take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know everybody says this, uh, but it's true. You know, this is a market that isn't very well defined yet. There's a lot of gray areas. Um, there's a lot of uh, details that need to be ironed out. Um, but that's, you know, part of the fun of 
creating a market revolution. So that being said, what, what are some of the most common business challenges that we're currently seeing in the industry uh, in trying to solve? Uh, great question. Um, I think uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to learn a lot more about this as as these vehicles hit the road. But kind of speculating a little bit, and, and also a little bit of uh, kind of historically for for automotive, um, the biggest piece probably uh, liability with the traditional uh, automakers, uh, traditional vehicles. If there's an accident, typically it's the the OEM that that takes the the brunt of it. You know, even if it's maybe the financial part of it is spread out. I don't know, mm-hmm. but you, you check out the headlines, it's going to be one of those uh, automakers. So, you know, from our perspective, uh, we certainly want to help reduce that because their names in, in the headlines doesn't, doesn't help, right? Or maybe it, it helps in the sense that it, it kind of raises awareness, but trying to minimize the need for that is, you know, to within the scope of what we can do is, 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 you know, my goal for the company. What else? So, um, you know, some of the, you know, this is maybe more of a technology challenge, but it has business implications. And that is, uh, you know, how do we build these vehicles to last, right? How do we build them so that we can evolve them over time? We can provide continued value to these, um, to, to riders, to passengers or to, you know, fleet managers or whoever it may be, whoever's the stakeholder. How do we continue providing value without having to go and build a brand new car? Right. And so we'll see, you know, some companies, uh, they have over there updates. And so they put out a model of a vehicle and then they can continue to update the software and, and build out the level of autonomy for their vehicle without actually having to put out a new vehicle. And so that, that evolvabil- evolvability of the system has huge business benefits because you're reducing the cost and increasing the value of your particular uh, vehicle platform or in our case, the software we provide. That's an interesting point. Do you think that um, autonomous vehicle developers can learn from other distributed systems who may have not originally built a very evolvable system, um, you know, where they're constantly maybe adding bridges and different channels? Maybe yeah. we can learn from that and just make something that is... Absolutely. Absolutely. So taking the safety part out of this, I know it's a safety podcast, but I'm putting it on the side for a minute, right? And we look at look at things like smartphones. We look at things like cloud computing, how we can continue to add some of these like microservices or these apps, right? We can continue to add value there, but we're not making a customer buy a new phone every time they want to get a new app, right? They can they can remove an app, they can add apps, they can, you know, store data for, you know, for for an app like uh, photos for example or podcasts all without having to then go and upgrade the hardware. Now, sure, there's value in upgrading the hardware because, you know, I can store more photos or, you know, so Faster. forth, right? Yeah. And and as the autonomous vehicles, get, you know, roll out, it may have started going like five miles an hour. And now they, you know, now they can hit freeways and, and, and drive, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour. And, you know, depending on, you know, the, the autonomy level, uh, you know, you could drive, you know, drive vehicles on the road. You can drive them, uh, the same as any other vehicle. Uh, and they still have some level of autonomy that can kick in, like lane detection and, and, uh, and kind of obstacle detection. It seems like it's one of those things where, you know, you can't plan for every single instance that's going to happen. As you said, you kind of, we're going to learn those things along the way, but you can certainly try your best and, and, and try it. And at least when it comes to safety, make sure everyone's going to be okay. Yeah. And then learn the other things along the way. Yeah. And so to that point, right, is, um, 
you know, for, for our customers, some, some, what a lot of them are doing actually, if, if not all that we can talk about, that is they, they may not be able to predict it, right? But they can have the right safety measures in place and then go and learn it. So you'll see all these autonomous vehicles on the road already, right? Uh, here at RTI, we can look out the window and we see some driving by, but there's a driver there, right? There's somebody to take control. And so what, what we're seeing is that they're, they're driving and while they're driving or the car's driving and they're there to make sure the car doesn't do anything it shouldn't, uh, the car learns, right? The car, the, the AI algorithms, right? They learn what is the right thing to do? What is the right response? Um, what is okay? What is not okay? Right. They learn the environment. They learn to, to detect different types of objects. And that's how, that's how we get ahead of, of not knowing what the potential uh, disasters or, or, or issues might be, right? Is, is we do a lot of this training. And so you think about, right, just, you know, we go through, uh, before we start our career, we go through a lot of, of training called, you know, school and elementary school and so forth, right? And sort of in a similar way, we, we train these models so that when they go out in the real world as an adult, adult self-driving car, right? They know what to do. I think that's a great place to end. I think we covered the multiple layers of safety and it, it, it really in this industry does have multiple definitions and, yeah. and, and there's a lot of, uh, different angles to it. So I want to thank you for, uh, helping us break it down. And hey, yeah. Thanks for, for having me. It was, it was definitely, uh, it's fun to talk about and, uh, it's, it's definitely a really exciting time. Awesome. Well, thanks again to here and, uh, we hope to have you back soon. Absolutely. Thank you. 